Welcome to the audiobook version of the novel Mercy Not Sacrifice by Dan Parks, read by the author. Chapter 19 The River I heard the story through bits and pieces over my life. What I had picked up from family dinners and holidays, where it was shared through hushed words and whispers. Extended family would bring it up when they were in town. Grandpa John came from humble beginnings. His father was a chicken farmer before the times of subsidies and partnerships with the large conglomerates. He made most of the meager income he received from selling manure as fertilizer, and it fed his four children and paid off the 50-acre farm before he died. He had been drafted into the Korean War and was a soft-spoken kid that took well to the discipline of the service. His father's business had earned him the name Chicken Shit from the staff sergeant during basic training. His youth was full of shameful memories of attending school with chicken manure in his boots, but in the service, he wore the name proudly as it gave him an identity. A part of the 8th Army unit in Korea, led by General MacArthur, his division had been on a trek in the densely covered Tebek Mountains. The mountains spanned the whole peninsula from the north to the south and were deemed the yin-yang range by the unit because the west side was filled with tall dark pines and the east side was thick with jungle growth. Grandpa John had drank too much coffee at camp that morning and he felt it as they marched on the east side of the mountains covered almost entirely in foliage. Alone time came few and far between for the soldiers of the Korean War as the military had designed it so. When a man is allowed time for introspection he begins to think of home where his wife is and such thoughts make a man soft. When Grandpa John had the chance, he thought of Grandma Marta. She was not yet his wife, but when he got home, he was going to ask her to be. His bladder couldn't hold back the coffee any longer, and he broke off from the unit a few feet into the vegetation. He walked to its edge and unzipped his pants. The Koreans were such small people, and he didn't see that there were four hidden in the bush, and a couple seconds into his piss, they jumped out in an attempt at an attack. Before he had shaken it twice, two men were at his back. One was to his left and the other to his right. The North Korean fighters were fast, but Grandpa John was a Fort Leonard Wood trained United States Army soldier, and they didn't stand a chance. Without the time to shoot his rifle, he grabbed it by the barrel and used the butt of a gun like an axe, splitting the heads of the enemy. I got four of them, Grandpa John shouted, dragging the first two out by their ankles onto the trail as he joined the rest of the unit. Atta boy, chicken shit, the staff sergeant said. War makes the kindest soldier harden his heart so that he can survive what he has done and what actions had been taken against him. But it's after the bullets cease and the quiet comes that his mind is still at war with himself. A year after his return when the transportation industry was just at its infancy with the brand new interstate highway system, Grandpa John had started the trucking business. He had thought and planned it out down to the last detail, but what he didn't anticipate was what the alone time would allow his mind to do of how his mind would sacrifice itself. The doctors back then didn't have post-traumatic stress in their lexicon, but guilty feelings began to surface in his forehead, and they'd swirl around in his brain and get stuck in the part of his soul that began to make his whole being sick. Choices are made every day, minute ones that hardly affect the next hour of our life, but also big decisions that affect a family for generations. A turning point in a man's life comes when he has to make the ultimate decision, and some men decide to turn away from such a choice. But the great men, they come to know that a stand must be taken. A choice has to be made. It must be mercy or sacrifice. Grandpa John parked his truck outside of Kansas City and took a cab into downtown. 
He was lonely, and thought that an hour or two of showgirls could change it. But when he laid in the sleeper cab that night, the depression hit even harder. It was a bout that was longer, and deeper, and lower than any he had faced before. It wasn't uncommon for truck drivers to carry a pistol with them back then. Since his time in the military, packing a gun was as habitual to him as carrying his wallet. Unable to shake the feeling, he reached for mercy in the form of a revolver underneath his bunk. After the choice to make a sacrifice of his life, the millisecond after he pulled the trigger made all the difference. When the man came to the window of Grandpa John's parked truck, he thought the fender bender had caused the blood running down his face. But it was the impact of the crash that had redirected the bullet to, mi to miss his forehead and instead take off the top of his left ear. By the time the bus had almost brought Winston and Selma home, Jeffrey had made his way past the grocery store. He walked alongside the train tracks where they stretched from the bank and drift out towards the water. Jeffrey balanced each foot along the tracks. Each step was effortless as one leg stepped over the other from one steel rail to the next. The weight of living began to lift as he traversed the part of the railroad bridge that passed over the entrance into Gardenstown. One car came into town and another left, but neither saw him. No one was coming to his rescue that day. In Gardenstown, two bridges stretched over the Missouri River, one being a railroad bridge and the other built for car traffic. It was a decade earlier that the original Gardenstown Bridge had been demolished. It was new, but the railroad bridge was original. It had age and design and color. Built in 1878, it was a four-span truss structure. Its hue was that of falling maple leaves. Jeffrey walked over the seven-inch by nine by eight-foot wood ties that laid the foundation for the rails past the Gardenstown grain bins. The ladder up the side of the last bin in the row ran up 150 feet. Would that be high enough? On the side of the car bridge was the Gardenstown sand plant. It's where sand that is dredged up off the river is stacked and piled by an elevated conveyor belt. There, two 75-foot tall piles ran over Jeffrey's mind. He questioned if he could be sucked up into one. Across the river, to the west, dense vertical clouds carried up moisture from the river and brought thunderstorms and instability and rising air. But the eastern sky was clear, where the high pressure had brought sinking air that brought out the sun and its shine. The two opposing skies settled above Jeffrey as his will to live battled his desire to die. Through the first and past the second truss of the railroad bridge, he stopped at the point where the third began. Rain began to fall from the sky and pelleted his face, mixing with the tears of sacrifice. Standing at the edge, half of his feet dangled off the bridge. The quick current of the river combined with the racing thoughts of his mind. He sought mercy, but it was nowhere to be found. A wind blew in and pushed him forward, and only the edges of his heels remained on the bridge. He held on with both hands, but then let go of one and then the other. He stood paused in indecision. It was a period of mere seconds, but in it, Jeffrey became aware that his decisions affected more than just himself. He realized that his actions demanded a reaction from others. His life had an impact on the Carmen family, his brother and sister and parents. Jeffrey turned around to grab the rail behind him, but the edge where he stood had become wet and slick with the rain, and when the tips of his fingers were inches away from saving himself, he slipped backwards and fell off the bridge. Thanks for listening to another chapter of Mercy Not Sacrifice by me, Dan Parks. If you're enjoying this project, would you please do me a favor and rate or review the podcast on iTunes?
I'll see you next time on another chapter.